SMQBs. This is episode 110. We're recapping the Masters, talking about PGA versus live losers. Uh, we got a little MLB discussion about the new rules, what it's doing to the game, how it's working out, and some predictions. And we got to shout out the Rays for the unbelievable start they have, no matter what Rooster says. NBA playoffs are getting underway. We discussed the first ever National Cycling League race. It was a hoot. We got a punchable face of the week, a scolding face of the week, I think, and a lasso. Check us out. Leave us five stars. Thanks for listening. And from the people climb up on the booth, hanging from the people on the people, my hands the roof, dancing on the ceiling, on the people, I got people on the dancing on the people, I got people. SMQB's episode 110, just like Michael Jordan announcing his return to the NBA. This is Bison. I'm back. It's been about a month since I've been out of here. We're down two tonight, but we got Rooster and Pope. Not sure where House and Milk are out gallivanting around, but not here with us. Guys, I got a question for you. First of all, do you know how many Americans identify as cyclists? No clue. No. Over 50 million Americans. So what do we now, have, like 300 million in the country? 335. 330, yeah. Yeah, yeah 335. So like a little so over six, under a sixth? Yeah, so that's, so that's a, a tee-up. Now, here's the next question. This is going to be a term. We're going to come back to this later in the show. But can you tell me, and I want you to listen closely to what I say. Can you tell me what a crit is? Crit, C-R-I-T. Crit. Nope, nope. Sounds like a currency, like in crypto. Not a bad guess. Um, no, it is a bike race consisting of several laps around a closed circuit. The length of each lap or circuit, which is about 400 meters to 10,000 meters. So just store that in the back. That's what a crit is. You're going to be hearing more about that. And I think maybe uh, not just on this episode of the SMQBs, but down the road a little bit. I, so I have a friend who who does this kind of races and, and yeah. says it's crazy. Crazy. Fact, it's so, something I'd like to try. So we will talk more about crits and biking and cycling later um, on SMQB's 110. Rooster, I appreciated listening to you. Uh, remind our, our listeners that we are available on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get podcasts and YouTube. Yes. So, tons and tons of sports to talk about today. Uh, Pope, lead us with the biggest story in sports. What do we got? Well, we just concluded uh, another um, epic Masters uh, with a marathon 30-hole extravaganza for all the couch potatoes out there. It was uh, a day like any other. Uh, wake up, uh, you know, it's like breakfast at Wimbledon, but breakfast at the Masters. Wake up and and you can watch uh, 10 holes of scintillating golf. Uh, then you got about a two hour break uh, where you can, you know, do some honeydews and uh, do stuff around the house. And then uh, starting at what, I guess, two o'clock uh, Eastern time, you sit back down and you watch another 18 holes. Um, and in the process, you know, we talked in our preview last week about a dream pairing in the final. And uh, I said the dream pairing would have been Scheffler and Brooks uh, Kepka, And uh, we almost got it, uh, but we got Brooks Kepka and John Rahm, a live versus non-live uh, duel to the finish. Um, they were paired together in the second round, which the third round, which didn't finish on Saturday because of uh, just 
horrific uh, weather conditions. We'll talk about that in a minute, but um, not going to recap, obviously, blow by blow, but it was a very dramatic uh, catch by Rom to uh, overcome a four-stroke deficit at the beginning of the day. Um, he cut him down to two pretty quickly. They went into uh, the final 18 and, uh, uh, cupcake Kepka just didn't have it. Um, you could tell on his first drive off first tee box, he was way left. Uh, he, you know, scrambled, um, uh, but something clearly wasn't, um, connecting. And, uh, to me, uh, as you guys know, I fucking hate the live guys. So it was, um, it was a sweet, uh, Sunday afternoon, watching Rom catch and pass uh, Kepka. So, isn't th- isn't this what we we expected though? I mean, didn't we think these these live guys? I mean, I guess the, the caveat to this is going to be Phil's day. We talked about that a little bit, but but didn't we expect these guys to just fall off and collapse after fifty four holes because they're not used to playing it? Right. Well, I did text everybody. I said, you know, poor Kepka is not used to playing fifty five holes because he just seemed to fall apart after that. Um, yeah, yeah, but fifty-two-year-old Phil Mickelson had no trouble with fifty with with fifty-something holes. I mean, well, yeah, you, know, you have to take true. your hat off to him. You yeah. can be mad at him all you want, but that's a pretty amazing feat. Well, ah, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you I see mean, that he he got like the definition of the golf clap when he when yes. he. Uh, what he completed when he made his putt on 18, it was like people didn't know what to do. Right. Yeah. It right. was, it was weird watching uh, the crowd react to not just Phil, but the other uh, live golfers, but, it's, but you know, Phil has got three green jackets. I mean, he had a major love affair with the fans, the patrons, right? He's at, golf at royalty. It's not like Patrick right? Reed who people hated even yeah. before live. Right. Yeah, but I think but that's I mean, even more telling. I mean, Yes. That's Phil Nicholson, and people, half the people didn't even stand up for him on, on when he finished that round. I mean, three years ago, Phil, what's that look like? That's Phil yeah. motherfucking Nicholson making a run on Sunday on the back nine of Augusta. He had five out of seven birdies to close it out. And yeah, there were some roars, but it wasn't like the roars you you heard back when Phil made his charge and got his green jackets. Well, compare um, that to the roar that Bennett got when he... Came up right. to eighteen, right? Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> and and I I thought, and I, you know, Rom talked about it, but it it seemed to me clearly that the patrons were favoring Rom over Kepka, and you know, if you think about it, I mean, Kepka is an American. Uh, this is uh, our our tournament, um, and uh, we got a Spaniard who is he's charismatic, he's popular, but. If if we didn't have the live controversy, I think it would have been a little bit more mixed uh, as far as the crowd. But the crowd was clearly in favor of Rom, and uh, uh, you could tell it. And he and he he could he could feed off of that. Uh, some of the shots that he took, though, uh, that he made, especially that one on fourteen, I'm still in awe of that. I don't see how he did that. Um, bent it around the tree like Beckham and got it up to about two feet for a tap in birdie, uh, but. So let's talk about the tournament and, and what it means to live, right? Because live had three golfers in the top five. They had two T2s, uh, Kepka and, and Mickelson and uh, Captain America uh, in his own mind. Patrick Reed was T4. They had five guys out of the top 30 uh, make, the, make the cut, or five out of the top 30 were live golfers. Um, so, you know, I mean, you could say that they, they did okay. Uh, I think. Mickelson's charge is probably the biggest surprise of all. Uh, but does this does this mean that we're going to go rush out and start watching the live golf tournaments? I think they're going to like Singapore next or something like that. I mean, is that like must see TV now or no? Find your uh, what, CW like on the CW, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, no one's no. watching it. No, and, yeah. and it's and not so, even the number one rated show when they're having a tournament. It's not even the number one rated show on CW. It's, behind some right. sort of reality program does that i mean do they even have advertisers on the cw i i just don't know who yeah they're... pope's law yeah firm. you mean other oh. than the cochran firm <laughs> <laughs> no, look i mean I, I think i think you know when you look at the at the leaderboard um you know one of the things that you say is the future for the pga is pretty bright 
right? I mean, look at some of these guys that are, that are on there. You know, you got Rom. I don't know who this Henley guy is. Um, Georgia Bulldog, Russ Henley. He's an up-and-comer. B. Um, Tigala, uh, a guy, by the way, who right there, he was a, uh, a full swing um, guy, yeah. wasn't he? Tigala. Yeah. So he's been yeah. introduced. Patrick. Morikawa. I mean, you've got a lot of young guys yeah. who are exciting golfers. And then you, early to mid twenties. These guys. Yeah. I mean, it, by the way, I, I was stunned that Rom's twenty eight years old. Yeah, I, I thought he was older. Than, I thought he was older than. I that. thought he was sixty five at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey. I mean, the the, the live guys are going to go off into the you know into the to the I don't know the 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 wilderness right and pga has got all these these great players well unless you're unless you have an exemption unless you're a live guy with an exemption um it's just for the money because you're not going to play another interesting tournament in your life well yeah i mean if you look at it probably half of the group that played for live this time will not be back if not more i mean you got six guys who have green jackets so they're going to be back uh, we didn't talk about, you know, Bubba, Sergio, uh, Schwartzel, uh, and DJ. Um, but, uh, to be in the world golf rankings, you know, you got to get points and you're not getting points if you're on live. And so it's, uh, you know, Bryson DeChambeau, he'll be back because he won the U S open and he's still exempt. But once those exemptions run, uh, we're just going to see the green jacket guys. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess that's just going to be the new normal. Um, and, and we'll see, we'll see them in the PGA in Oak Hill in a month. We'll, we'll see less, uh, of the live guys, uh, because you're not going to have, you know, the green jacket, you know, get the exemption to lifetime to come to PGA. Um, a couple things though, to, before we leave that were made this tournament really stand out. So we had the oldest guy to make a cut, Freddie couples Yeah. on, uh, and, and. Uh, Tiger made the cut on the nose after uh, Justin Thomas and and M uh, bogeyed in. So he made the cut on the nose, and then he probably would not have preferred to make the cut because he struggled mightily on Saturday and eventually had to withdraw from aggravation of his plantar fasciitis on Saturday afternoon and just the horrific, cold, wet uh, conditions. Um, but Phil Mickelson, we can talk about him again, He's the oldest guy to make a top five finish, and he's the lowest round. Uh, Sixty-five on Sunday was the lowest round over the age of fifty. So that that round really did stand out. If Phil had just been playing consistent golf, he would have been competing with uh, Rom and Kepka on on Sunday afternoon. Oh, bad! I know, bad I know you have I know you have a hard time finding the Zalatoris, but don't forget about your boy Zal. Poor Zal. I don't know if y'all saw it today. But yeah, he's done. Surgery. He's, he's done ski for the year. Had he surgery. could be, oh, he could be his career. He's having I'm, back surgery today. He had back surgery. He's, he's already released a statement saying that he's feeling some relief. He had a discectomy yesterday, I believe. I don't, uh, th- I don't think he's ever going to be the same. Uh, you know, I don't. It's too early to say that. But yeah, he's he's such a small frame and he has such uh, uh, torque on his back. Um, he's probably going to have back issues lingering, um, and he's probably going to regret not getting a major when he was so close uh, last couple of years. Um, so before we leave the Masters, the Rory, uh, what a choke! Didn't show up, you know, missed the cut. Uh, Sergio missed the cut. Uh, Bryson missed the cut. Um, don't know when we'll see him again. Uh, and DJ and Cam Smith didn't play well on the weekend. Uh, two guys who, you know, a lot of people were popular picks uh, at the beginning. And, you, you know, the uh, John Rahm coming off of 18 and hugging, uh, you guys saw it, hugging uh, a Lotha ball, right? That was that was a special moment because, you know, it was Seve Ballesteros is the godfather of uh, Spanish golf. And it was his 40th anniversary of his last win, uh, last green jacket. His it was a uh, he would have been sixty six. It was his birthday, April nine. Um, Sergio Garcia, the other another Spaniard, won uh, the Masters in two thousand seventeen on 
April the 9th. And this is the most freaky of all. Uh, when Rom's caddy showed up at Augusta, you know, you get your aprons based on your time of arrival, not anything special. But his apron was 49, which was what? April 9, 49 yesterday. So mm. it was all in the stars for John Rom. He's a very popular winner. Um, and I think it elevates him uh, probably past Scotty Schiffler to uh, back to number one. And, you know, Rory's had a good year so far, not a great year. So are we going to have the big three going forward? It's certainly Rom and Scotty are one, two. Uh, and, you know, there might be a drop off uh, till you get to three. Um, but uh, well, Rory's got Rory puts a lot of pressure on himself at the Masters. He does, <laughs> and uh, he hasn't been able to to get over that hump. Huh? So um, yeah, he'll, he, he'll be fine the rest of the year, I think. But he, he hadn't, just hadn't won a major in five years. I mean, he's got yeah. a big drought. Yeah, uh, and he's not getting yeah. any younger. But and he's by the way, he's thirty three. He's the old man yeah. of the group, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So all right. Well, that was good. It was it was some fun golf and. <clears throat> Thanks to John Rom for saving democracy and all that is right in the world. Um, he was but, the last savior. Yeah, that's right. So, um, and I don't care what anybody says. Fuck the Saudis. So, uh, okay. Anything else on the Masters golf? Anything like that? No. Okay. Not for now. Listen, we we got to do a little bit of a check in on on baseball. Um, you all have very graciously been waiting a little bit till I was back on the show to talk about this. Um, but we're about a week and a half into the season now. And, and these rules were, you know, well covered, well discussed, the, all these new rule changes, the pitch clock, the bigger bags, the shift. Um, personally, I hate the idea of a clock in baseball, but you know, my position is the players sort of brought it on themselves. Um, and, and, there's some really interesting stats a week and a half. And now this is a small sample size. We'll see what happens. But batting average up 16 points compared to the same number of games last year. Stolen bases 30 up 30 percent. Uh, and that's got to do with the throwing over. Uh, I'm guessing that you can only throw over twice. And then if you throw over the third time, don't get the guy. You can only disengage twice. Like right. even if you step off the rubber. That counts right. as one. That counts as one. And game time, and this is the biggest one, average game time is down 31 minutes. And it's on track to be the, the lowest game time since 1984. Um, you know, there's one aspect of this shorter game thing that I don't, I haven't heard anybody talk about or write about. Don't you think for all the concern the players talked about you know about the being in the batter's box and the pitchers and all that stuff they're getting 31 minutes of their life back right every, every right. game and so I are mean, the viewers seriously. so yeah, are but, the viewers don't you more think important players don't you think the players are probably going to set into i mean these games are going to be two and a half two hours 45 minutes instead yep. of 315 yep. 330 i mean i think there's going to be a point where they say hey this is kind of nice you know <laughs> We're back in the hotel at 1030 instead of 1130. Right. I think they've already adjusted and it's going to keep getting better. Yeah. I mean, the, the goal of MLB was to cut down on game time, speed up the games and to increase offense. And they've accomplished both already. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't need to see a guy adjusting his, his jock or his batting gloves after every pitch, just or a pitcher spitting and walking around the mound. Right, talking crap. to himself around yeah, the mound. Just, just you know, move it on, man. Let's go. Get the ball and throw it. I'm 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 waiting on one stat. What stat do you think that is? The loss of income from the concessioners. But really I think that's gonna be interesting. Well, right? Yeah, it will be interesting, but don't most stadiums stop serving beer yeah, around the at seventh, like the seventh or, inning yeah. anyway? Yeah. Yeah, but okay. So I mean, extrapolate it. So you're missing 20 minutes again. I mean, that's a beer. So maybe it's, they just extend it to the eighth. Since well, no, they don't the games go by so it, fast. 
but you know, there's less time to, to go get a beer. I I'm just, I'm just curious. It's not going to dictate what major league baseball does. It's just going to be interesting uh, to see if that theory is true. I w I was wondering during the um, um, preseason, whether Angel Hernandez was sitting there saying to himself, Oh my God, this is going to be terrible for me or, Oh, Great. This is going to be more opportunity for drama with really terrible calls by me. I mean, yeah. Jesus, I mean, this could be the Angel Hernandez show this year. There was one episode where the Yankees were playing. I forget who they were playing. And um, uh, Nestor Cortez got called for a pitch clock violation, even though he threw the ball on time because the ump said he didn't make eye contact with the batter on time. He tried to quick pitch the batter without looking and they oh. called him. I mean, that's the, you know, these, some of these umps could turn this into a disaster, but otherwise I think it's really good. Well, well I, 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 I sort of have to say, I hate to say it cause I don't like changing baseball, but this seems like all these things are accomplishing what they'd hoped for. I also think the managers have proven to be smarter than the rule makers and have already figured out a way around the shift ban, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah, that didn't take very long, did it? No. So, yeah. Um, well, what are you guys putting aside all the new rules and everything? You know, I, I think one of the other more egregious things is all this this interleague play. I mean, it just doesn't even matter anymore what league you're in. There's there's no, I mean, we start the season with interleague. We got interleague in the middle of the year. We got the end of the year. I mean, what's the point? What, what are we doing here? Two words. Shohei Otani. That's so why you, you think, I think so. Why? Yeah. I think because not enough people see him play. And, and so, you know, you know, national league fans on the East coast never see Shohei Otani play. Yeah. And that's, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to expose more, more fans to more of these players that you never see that are, who are on the Padres or, you know, the Dodgers, if you're on the East coast. Yeah. Well, I guess that's true. Um, I don't know. If it were up to me, I'd go back to the no winter league play and let these teams just see each other in the World Series. Yeah, yeah. But 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 I guess I'm going to lose that. Well, look, we we I know this will be painful for you, Rooster, um, but I think we got to do it. We've got to talk about what the Rays have done to start the season. The Rays and have done nothing to start the season. They've beaten three teams that will be lucky if they get to 65 wins each on the year. They're, they're playing the basement dwellers for the first three series. And then they go on to play the worst team in the AL East next, the, the Red Sox. And I guarantee you the Red Sox end their unbeaten streak. Well, they've won just, just for our listeners out there, uh, our non-Yankee uh, suck-ups. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're nine and zero, uh, which is the longest uh, winning streak to start a season since uh, I guess the Royals. It, it ties the Royals uh, from two thousand three uh, since the wild card era has started. But here's the big thing: they're they're plus fifty seven run differential, uh, and it's the highest in modern history for teams first nine games passing Cleveland which was plus 44. So they sort of shattered that record. Um, and I think the other statistic was no team had won eight games in a row. And, and I guess it's now nine by, I guess they tied with eight games, the 39 Yankees to win their eight games in a row by more than four runs, not just to start the season, just period, but every winning every game by four, so I guess if they won yesterday 11 nothing, they're now up to nine games in a row. So they they buried that Yankees record. Talk to me after they play the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Indians, the White Sox. Oh, I mean the Guardians, sorry. Even yeah. the Orioles, even the Orioles. They haven't even played a team as good as the Orioles yet. No what, respect. What is the uh is the record still 13 games or is it more? To start a season? Yeah. Because I remember That's when the Braves got 13 in a row years ago all right That's listen question. i have i have an important question for you do you do you know how long it took aaron judge to get to four home runs last season 17 games correct 
Game seven this year, he hit number four. Oh wow, interesting. He's off to a he's off to a flaming hot start. Interesting. Yes, I think it is thirteen. It is uh, thirteen games. Okay. Pope. Anybody tie the Braves? Yeah, it looks like the uh, Brewers in '87. They had thirteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Milk, you got five games to make history. Yeah. And hey, Milk, I think it's impressive. I don't care what Rooster says. Milk, I'm going to bet you right now that you don't sweep the Red Sox. He'll take the bet. He wants the action. All right. Is that who they're playing? Yep. And then after that, who they got? Blue Jays? That's not easy. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to. Well, we're not going to make a bunch of picks today, uh, but what teams, Rooster, who do you think is dangerous this year? Um, in the National League, I think the Padres are dangerous, and it's about time they break through. I mean, they just added Bogerts to the team, for God's sakes. They've got so much talent on that team. I, I really, they have to be the favorite in the, in the NL in the American league. Um, you know, it's here still, it here it comes Houston's still tough. They lost Verlander though. And, um, the Yankees have, it's the same old thing with the Yankees. They start out the season and, and three quarters, three fifths of their starting pitching rotation is on the injured reserve list. They, they pick up uh, Carlos Rodon in the offseason, and the guy is immediately hurt. Immediately, uh, right? Immediately. They need him pitching in in, um, in Florida. They, um, Luis, Luis Severino goes on the injured reserve. Frankie Montas turns out what, you know, was injured when we got him last year and tried to cover it up. But the, but the bright light of all of this is it's forced the Yankees to start playing some of their young guys who they're historically hesitant to call up. And they've got this guy named Johnny Brito who they've, they called him up and then sent him right back down, even though he pitched a stellar game in his first, first game. He's now two and O with an ERA of 0.90. So now we have Garrett Cole is looking really hot. Nestor um, and Johnny Brito, solid three guys. We just need a fourth, really. And then I think the Yankees are are going to be a big threat if they can stay healthy in the starting pitcher. Because uh, our our fourth guy right now is Herman, who's got a 7.71 ERA after two starts. And that guy's got to be, you know, put on the junk heap. He just doesn't have it. How's uh has is Volpe playing? Volpe's starting at shortstop. How's doing he doing? Well. He's doing well. He's um struggling a little bit at the plate, but he's yeah, got a good he's eye. He's under one fifty at the plate. Yeah, he's I got a good he's eye. He's gotten some timely hits, timely walks. He's a good base runner, playing good defense. There's a guy. Look, we have a guy. Um, he's only, by the way, he's only twenty one too. Yeah, we have a guy. We have a guy. The hottest guy. Um, in in uh spring baseball this year on the Yankees was this guy named Yasan Dominguez who was crushing the ball. And he's now playing out for one of their double a teams, not even their triple a team. He'll be up sometime this year. Yeah, He's, he's going to be a slugging star. I predict. I think he'll be probably their best young player in a long time. Pope, what do you got? Well, I, I guess we're not doing picks, but, uh, Teams to watch out for. Uh, I'm I'm looking at the standings, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't really started following uh, baseball quite yet, uh, like I need to. But um, is it is it me or does the uh, the Angels? You know, we're like we're with all that talent. Why are they not playing better? I mean, they're tied with the Rangers, and I think that's momentary. Rangers will go back down to where they probably will end up. But are the Angels going to make a run this year? Never. No. They're like the Mets. The Angels are like the Mets, loaded with talent and find a way to lose every year. Well, I, I mean, at I some mean, point that might stop. I think they'll. I think they'll win about eighty-six, eighty-seven games. That might get um, a wild card. It might. It might. 
Yeah. Um, Unless all the wild cards come out of the East again. Well, I mean, that could happen. Yeah. Orioles are looking pretty good. I mean, the Orioles are looking good. And, and you know, I, I Toronto is a team that I just, I keep thinking that they're going to make some noise. I mean, their lineup is, I feel like their lineup's loaded. Yeah, um, they lost some pretty good players there in the offseason. Well, yeah, I, mean, I guess that's true. But for the Rays start, they would all be about the same right now. Yankees six and three, Blue Jays six and four, even the Red Sox five and four. I think that might be a surprise. You know, as much as we like to dump on Milk's Rays, um, they're pretty amazing with the small budget they have. They have made the playoffs the last four years. Yeah. And not many teams can say that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're, I mean, so. I, they're great. And, and I don't know, I think the angels could be okay. I, I think they could be, they could, you know, hang in there, but um, man, I, I, I don't know. I just look at these things. It just seems, seems like the same teams reload year after year. Right. I mean, we've got the Yankees, we've got Houston, you know, the Padres, sure. But the Dodgers are going to be right there. I and mean, the Dodgers are going to win 90 games yep. again this year. Um Milwaukee and St. Louis, although I don't think they'll be, they're not going to really compete with, you know, the, the NL Central is not going to have the, the big dogs that the West and East do, but Milwaukee and St. Louis will be right there in that, in that division. I, I just can't believe the Mets. I just don't believe in the Mets because it's the same thing um, every how year. Can we not, how can we not talk about, since he's not here, do we make anything of the Phillies start? I mean, they're the defending NL champions. Well, I mean, the Phillies, to, to be fair, I mean, Harper's on the IL. Uh, bomb, boom, bomb is on the IL. Um, I mean, they don't, they're not going to have their full lineup together until July. Right? I, predict, I predict their problem is going to be the same problem they've had few years now which is their bullpen i think this guy craig kimbrell is washed up yeah i agree with that the I, red I sox were that. done with him years ago and he's not I, the I, answer. Didn't, I didn't understand that that signing that didn't make a lot of sense to me which means he'll be an all-star since i said it but um i i think the problem with the phillies is you got new york and atlanta in yeah. that division now and even honestly, even Miami, you know, don't be stunned if Miami Heat has more wins than Philadelphia this year. Whoa, that's hot sport opinion. Well, I cannot wait for the response to that. Philly's going to struggle for, for, you know, three months. I mean, they're missing some big players and they're going to struggle for a while. Um, you know, the only easy thing in the East is they're going to all get to pick on the Nats. Uh, so, yeah. you know, the, the Nats are going to be atrocious, although at least one positive sign is one of the pitchers they got in the, in the Soto trade. Uh, Mackenzie Gore is two and O with about a 2.4 ERA after two starts. So uh, he looks, he looks legit Uh, a long way to go, but here's a question for you. Do you buy into the pirates more at six and three, or are you worried more about the Cardinals at three and six? Not with the injury to O'Neill Cruz. Yeah. Which is really too bad. That's a shame. Yeah, that is a huge shame. Yeah, I, I the uh, the don't no the pirates buy in no 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 never. They're going to start never. trading that guys like that mid season like they always do. Yeah, but that's too bad. He's going to be out. I think four months. O'Neill Cruz, who's really uh, not just a superstar, but a really kind of fun yeah. player to watch. Six seven um, shortstop. Yeah, who throws the ball about one hundred and twenty miles an hour and. Yeah. And hits it harder, so um, it it would yeah. be good for Major League Baseball to have a team like the Pirates, you know, an old popular team back in the day to to uh, to make a run and you know do good for the small market. Yeah, I loved the Pirates in the seventies; they were a great team to watch. We are family, even before yeah. then, with like Roberto Clemente and all those guys. Yeah, damn good team. Milk doesn't know who that is. We we did a lasso on him, and he didn't know who that was. (laughs) That's a shame. So, anything else on baseball for now? I mean, I think those are the 
you know, I, I hate to say that, you know, it's, it's the, the throwback to an episode that I missed, the Blue Bloods again, but the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Mets, um, Houston. Braves. Uh, the Braves, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a Blue Blood world, I think, in, in baseball right now. I think the Padres crashed the party, and they are not a Blue Blood. No. No, they're not a blue blood, but they're, they sure should have a pretty high payroll, right? I was about to say they're they're acting like one. Yeah, I mean they have a murderer's row <clears throat> batting lineup. My brutal. God, mm-hmm. they ha- and they have two or three good pitch- starting pitchers. Yeah, yeah. No, they 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 they'll be there at the end. They'll be there. So, all right. Well, lots of baseball to go uh, and check out a game. It's only it's going to it's going to cost you 30 minutes less than it would have last year. And, but make sure you buy, buy extra beers. So have a beer in the parking lot. So you don't miss that last one. Yeah. So Pope (laughs) is satisfied. (laughs) Uh, All right. So we're, we're two weeks into baseball, but, but as that happens, that means we got the NBA playoffs rolling around rooster. uh, What do we know? We had a pretty wild Sunday to to set the, the playoffs. And um, what do we got? I think we're about to see one of the most exciting NBA playoffs we've seen in years. Um, like if you just look at the at the middle round games, the four, five, three, six seed games in the West, you've got the Suns and the Clippers. That'll be a hell of a series. You got the Kings who may have made the playoffs for the first time since 2006 versus the Warriors, who this time of year, who knows what they're up to? They could go all the way again. Surprise everyone. And then in the East, I think maybe the tightest series is going to be the Cavs and the Knicks. That's going to be a hard-fought, old-style East game. Um, And then the Sixers and the Nets, too. But I think the story of this playoffs is going to be the seven seed in in both conferences. The Celtics are terrified that the Heat are going to become the seventh seed and then play them. The, the, the Heat always play the Celtics tough. They knocked them out two years ago. And you listen to any Celtics fan, and they're scared to death of the Heat. They're praying that the Hawks win the seventh seed. And the same thing in the West. The Lakers have just fallen into the perfect spot here. I mean, they're start they're starting out playing the T Wolves, who are in complete disarray right now, with this Rudy Gobert disaster getting himself suspended for that game after punching Anderson on the sideline, his own teammate. And the reason I'm sure he punched him was Anderson was pointing out how much Rudy Gobert sucks <laughs> and is <laughs> and is ruining the team. So that's not a good thing. And um you know, and then the Lakers are going to wind up playing because um, they they are I think they're guaranteed to win that game against the T Wolves, and then they're going to wind up playing Memphis, which has Ooh. its share of trouble right now too. I think the Memphis is not looking forward to a Lakers series with the healthy AD, LeBron, and the rest of the characters, the supporting guys that they've brought on recently. I. You know, the they've Lakers the, could make a the run. They have the best record. They have the best yeah. record since the All-Star break. They've gone from I horrible seem, to to a really good team. And there's right one now. game I that turned it all around. To recall, I seem to recall one Bison saying to watch out for the Lakers. You and did. And we all laughed at you. No, we all laughed at you. Yeah. Yes. Milk, yeah. milk particularly was like, oh, here we go with the LeBron yeah. stuff. Well, especially yeah. when LeBron goes down for three and a half weeks. Well, look, LeBron is the name, but Anthony Davis is the best player on that team. He is. He is. Now, the Suns have not lost a game since KD entered the starting lineup, and I think they're the favorite to take the West. Um, I do. I mean, uh, I don't see Denver being able to guard um, their their two superstar scorers. And then... In the East, who knows, man? I mean, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and Boston, any one of those teams can take it. They're all really good teams. Yeah, I mean, Rooster, I mean, do you see any any uh, obstruction potentially or hurdles to having the 
top four. I guess it, I guess you'd like to see the Knicks beat the Cavs, but I mean, are we looking at Cavs, Bucks? I mean, Celtic Sixers could be a final in any series uh, as second round. Yep. And Milwaukee um, is getting better as the year goes on because people are getting healthy. So I, who knows, man? I, I mean, I, you look at that. I mean, the Sixers may have the best draw there. Rooster, you pointed out, you know, about about things working out well for the Lakers. Um, assuming Miami ends up having to play Boston, the Sixers might have the, the best first round assignment. Don't tell me Brooklyn's that good. I mean, how many, you know, how many wins did they have before they sort of traded everyone away and I don't know that that just seems like that seems like a total mismatch like that could They're, be a sweep Brooklyn I, I what's going on on Brooklyn right now I think is is uh akin to Jalen Brunson leaving the Mavericks and going to the Knicks and really becoming more of a star Mikhail Bridges or Michael Bridges left the Suns in the KD trade is on fire for the Nets right now. And and who's the other guy? That, was it Dinwiddie? Dinwiddie from the Mavs. Dinwiddie is playing great. They got the Kyrie Irving trade. They've got no superstars, but they're actually playing better basketball than yeah. when they did have superstars. Now, I don't think they can beat the 76ers with that lineup, but they're, they're a fun team to watch now. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it, it is going to be fun playoffs. Um and I think you're spot on about the seven seed. Yeah. Those those are some scary teams right now. Yeah. A play in um, starts tomorrow. Play in starts tomorrow, goes through Sunday. It'll be a good good a week of basketball. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Um, <clears throat> a couple more things to cover here. Listen, guys, we talked, we started off talking about what a crit is. And we have a brand new sports league, uh, really for the first time in a little while, I think. And this weekend, we had the inaugural race of the National Cycling League. And it started off by saying that there were over 50 million cyclists in the U.S. and 2 billion worldwide. So the National Cycling League uh, has come together, and it's, it's really an interesting concept. Um the, the values of the league are diversity. It's the first sports league to be majority, minority, and female-owned. Um, they have they really emphasize sustainability. They emphasize community. And then equality. The teams are men and women. And so the way this league is set up is it's uh, 25 laps, or at least the inaugural race in Miami this weekend was 25 laps of the the female, the women's team. And it's a one-mile loop. And there's, I guess there was 10 teams and I think eight riders per team. There's a lot of bikes out there. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't eight, but there's a lot of bikes out on the court. But every lap, first place gets three points, second place two, and third place one point. So every lap you can score points. Unlike you know, traditional, like the, you know, racing where whoever crosses the finish line first wins, that's it. You can get points uh, on every single lap. So there's a lot of strategy and, you know, you you can, your team helps get someone up there and that person, you know, after doing a sprint, because these these racers are flying to the end and they sprint to the end and then they drop back and let someone else take it on. You can have a substitution. And I'm telling you, it was fun. I mean, it was fun to watch, to be at the finish line and see these racers come flying down. So the women do the first race. It was 25 laps. Then the men uh, go out in 25 laps. Points count the same. So it's men and women competing on the same team for the same win. Right now, there are four races this year. So they have um, the the four races are they had Miami, and then we're going to have uh, Atlanta, May 14th. Denver, August 13th, and then Washington, D.C., around the National Mall, September 17th. And um, there are two complete uh, paid teams right now. Uh, And the two teams 
that are official are the Denver Disruptors and the Miami Knights. Uh, Knights like N-I-G-H-T-S, not Knights with shining Knights. armor. Like yeah, not shining, like the, no shining armor. Like, like when bad shit Knights. happens in the night, in, in bad shit happens at the night in Miami. Um, and those two teams are like professional teams and all the other teams were like semi-pro guys or just very competitive people who want to get into it. Uh, but it was fun because some of the, those, the, the non-pros were winning laps and were out there. So uh, it's a new league. I think it's a lot of fun. Some of their tech is pretty cool. Like their website was real-time scoring. Uh, you could be there. Um, Brian Arakbo is one of the big, uh, the, the former University of Texas and Commanders and Tennessee Titans player. Uh, Desmond Howard was there to kick it off. A lot of NFL guys who are involved in this. Um, and it, it was a fun, it was a good product. It was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a beautiful day. It was a little warm. But uh, I think keep an eye on this. Keep an eye, eye on this league. Uh, I wish them all the best, and uh, I think it's worth checking out because it's a fun event, and it'll be, you know, we, we have plans to, to try and go in Washington, D.C., because to watch that race around the National Mall would be pretty cool. So That'd be pretty cool. Uh, congratulations to the NCL on, on their first race, and uh, it was a good product. I hope to see a lot more from the National Cycling League. So are they are they all looking for sponsors so they can become like a a pro team basically? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the I think the league wants to have you know eight to ten fully sponsored professional teams. So out should, there at some should point. the Sunday morning quarterback sponsor a team? Uh, you know, I think we could be the official uh, the official podcast of the NCL. I don't know. I don't we know, have our maybe. own team. By the way, the uh, Denver Disruptors did take the first race. They, they beat the Miami Knights. Uh, so it was um, too bad for the home team, but that's okay. It was, it was a great first race. Congratulations to those guys. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Cool J with a triumphant comeback. Who's got a punchable face? I have one. Sorry, Pope. I'm gonna have to uh, punch. I'm gonna have to punch the Mavs ownership and GM. Oh boy! Why are you? Why are you apologizing to Nico me? Harrison and Mark Cuban? I punched Luca a couple weeks ago. I mean, they they've gone from last year being in the Western Finals to a lottery team. Um. You know what have what have they given up? They've given up. Uh, Jalen Brunson is gone. They've five guys went to Houston who are on their bench and a first round draft pick in twenty twenty nine. Um, they're just they they're just making the worst decisions ever. And well, they gave they, up Dinwiddie and they and gave up Dinwiddie and, and Finney uh, Smith to the Nets. Brooklyn and those guys were good. Yeah, um, part of the glue. <laughs> They they went after Christian Wood and now don't play him. They, you know they that's who they gave to Houston. He's gone. Um, and so the latest thing is Friday they they had two games left in the season and they had a mathematical chance of getting into the playoffs, and they decided to sit everyone, all of their starters except for Luca, and the only reason they started Luca was because. It was a, um, you know, it was a, it was a game uh, commemorating his country and they were giving out these Slavic, you know, neck things, whatever, scarves, something like milk would wear, I guess, and, uh, <laughs> and played him for a quarter and then pulled him for the rest of the game. And they were, so they blew an 11 point they lead have lost to the Bulls. And then we're eliminated from the playoffs all for one reason to, because if, because of the Porzingis deal with the Knicks, as long as they um, got the one through 10 pick, they would keep the pick. If it went to 11, it would revert to the Knicks. So they tanked all for a basically 10th pick in, in what is going to be a very, very weak 
NBA draft this year. Who, I mean, who were they tied with? Um, the OKC, right? No, the Bulls. Well, for for the draft, so the Bulls and Mavs were tri- were tied for ten, and the Mavs didn't want to beat the Bulls because then they would have knocked yeah. you know themselves out of the top ten or the right. lottery. But the people who are analyzing this year's lottery class have people like Grady Dick as the 10th or 11th pick. I mean, this is not going to be a team changing pick with the 10th pick and, and you give up and put up the wet white flag and don't go for the playoffs. I mean, come on. That's just, that's just a horrible message to the fans and the team. I, I think that they have really screwed up they need a need new gm and they've they're ruining the career of a generational player i know you're down on luca but the man is a generational player he is that good and i think it's just in his head that he hates being in dallas right now and i don't blame him with this kind of shit they i mean they've they've they're blaming rick brunson for losing jalen brunson maybe it's because the coach sucked I said, I said when they got Jason Kidd, he's not a good coach, and Jalen Brunson was not happy playing in that system where he basically was second fiddle to a guy who never gave up the ball, and he's a point guard. I mean, who wants to be a point guard playing with a guy who never gives up the ball? You know, the, only the coach can fix that, and Jalen Jason Kidd is not the answer. So, uh, Mark Cuban, get your act together, get a new GM, and stay a hell out of the way. Yeah, it looks. It, listen, it looks bad. I mean, the the Kyrie trade midseason. I mean, you're going for it at that point, right? I mean, that, they yeah. picked up Kevin Love. I mean, why do you pick up Kevin Love if you don't think you got a little playoff run in you? Right, you're going for it, and then to just not even try at the end of the last game to get in. I mean, geez, you got Luca. I mean, all you got to do is get in the playoffs, and you can, you know, you, you got a chance at making a run, right? I mean, that's. Luca and, and and Kyrie right there. I mean, in a one-game plan, there's no team in the West that Luca and Kyrie can't beat if they both play well. All this tanking stuff is bad, though. I just don't know what the what the real answer is. I mean, may, maybe the. I mean, what is the answer? I, I don't know what it is. I mean, the commissioners don't really. I think Adam Silver is gonna is gonna make some changes. He well, warned they're, them all they're, this they're, year not to do it, and they all did it. Well, they yeah. opened up an investigation into the Mavs on on uh, against the Bulls, the the lineup they put out. But uh, I was listening to somebody on ESPN, and I think this is an interesting point. You know, normally tanking affects all teams because when you tank, you know, you are are giving yourself an opportunity to better than other teams who are going to be in the lottery. But tanking usually doesn't necessarily tie in directly to. Uh, lottery protected or top 10 protected picks. So this is a tanking of a different order. This is tanking against, you know, a team to uh, impact directly another team, the Knicks, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So it's not impacting the, all the other teams in the lottery. It's impacting the Knicks by tanking against the team that could potentially help them get a lottery pick. So I think that's one reason that the NBA is kind of up in arms about it, but no, I think the precedent's been set. I don't think they'll take any action against the Mavs, but maybe, maybe I don't know what I don't know what you can do though to stop a team from tanking. Well, there. I mean, you're right. I don't know what you can do either, except for penalize them in the draft because it's clear as a bell that the Pistons and the Rockets were tanking all year long for Wembenyama. Well, the Wizards tanked the Spurs. last couple of weeks too. The Wizards tanked to make sure they didn't get into the playoffs. Yeah, um, you know they no, were think... winning. They were winning some games, and everyone was going, "What are you doing? Why are you winning games?" And then yeah. they, they the pulled Spurs. The you're right, the Spurs too. I think it would be great if the Wizards got that pick after all the oh. tanking those other teams did. I mean, they did a. The other three teams tanked all year long. Yeah, Wembenyama. It would be awesome if the Wizards got him after just like be. a year end tank. Yeah. Well, well the Wizards as they say, ball don't lie. We'll we'll see if the Mavericks have a 79.8% chance of getting a top 10 pick. But uh, if one team that's above them or below them, how you want to look at it, uh, bumps into the top four, then that'll knock the Mavs down 
uh, and they will they will lose that pick. That'll be a number eleven pick going to uh, New York. So let's see what happens. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Can, yeah, can well, we? Uh, do we have another punch? I, mean, I don't have a punch. Can, can we? I want to. I don't know if we punched the Masters or I don't think it's CBS, but oh uh, yeah, you know. So the coverage um, on uh, on Saturday, uh, they have what they call featured groups, and that's uh, I believe that's ESPN Plus because it's done through the Masters, uh, uh, um, whatever their website is, an ESPN app. Uh, for whatever reason, and they get to they get to pick them. For whatever reason, they decided that that Kepka and and Rom uh, was not uh, and and uh, Bennett was not a, a, a pairing that they needed to feature, and so we missed the first four to five holes of seeing those guys. You know, obviously it was horrific weather, but we missed that, and and you know you don't ever miss the first hole on uh, in the third round of the leading group. So I didn't I didn't understand that. You know, maybe a slap, but um do better. I mean, featured groups should always have the final group. Period. Period. Right. Do better. That's a good one. Barbecue sauce. <laughs> Give a lasso for us. So it's gone from a punch to a scold. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of the Masters, uh, we had quite a performance this weekend of the amateur Sam Bennett from Madisonville, Texas, which uh, their claim to fame is they have one of the Buckies uh, that you would stop <laughs> on your way from Dallas to Houston. Um so Sam Bennett was 23-year-old, fifth-year guy at Texas A&M uh, who won the U.S. Amateur last year uh, and therefore qualified for the Masters and the U.S. Open as an amateur. Um, his story, though, is very compelling because his father uh, had early-onset Alzheimer's during the time he was in college. I can't even imagine how awful that must have been. Um, he did finally pass in 2021. Uh, but he had a, a saying um, that uh, uh, that he told Sam, which was, don't wait to do something. That inspired Sam. And so he followed uh, our own rooster's uh, lead and got a tattoo on his forearm that said, don't wait to do something. Uh, to, you know, memorize uh, whatever his dad had said and to, and to uh, motivate him. And. Uh, he played um, inspired golf. I mean, he was uh, he was minus eight at one point. Um, he was in the final group uh, on a Saturday, third round uh, with with Kepka and Rom. He uh, was uh, played with Scotty Scheffler and beat him straight up. Um, and you know, he became a crowd favorite, and his story was compelling. Um, and he never, he never really backed down. I mean, he finished two under, he kind of had a, a bad final stretch on Sunday afternoon, but, uh, he was the low amateur guy down in Butler cabin. Uh, one of the lower, uh, amateur scores, uh, from that we've seen in a long time. Um, when he got off the course, he was very emotional. His mother and his brother were there waiting for him. Uh, I can only imagine, you know, that family had to go through, and that was quite an emotional moment. So, um, a lasso for Sam Bennett and his family, and memory of his father. When a, what a great performance that was! Yeah, it was a great yeah, story. It was it really was. Yeah, really a great story. All right, you guys got anything else? That's it. OBJ Sounds signed like with the Ravens. Yeah. Now, if they could just figure out who's throwing them the football. Right. Well, I don't think he would have signed it unless he knew something about that. Well, he, I mean, he's never done anything rash in the past, so I'm sure he's yeah, sure exactly. <laughs> very thoughtful about well, that. He's 18 million reasons to do it, regardless yeah, exactly. of who's Nobody else is going to pay him that, that's for sure. Right. All right, guys, have a good week. More baseball coming at the playoffs.
The SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michaeler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison-Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.